Hang on. Hang on. Halt. that sounds fantastic that sounds really good see okay oh good now i can hear myself yeah all right this is it right check this out i thought i'd be a total dork and wear the shirt that you sent me after the uh the punk news stuff (laughs) oh man that's funny oh that's great you sent me this one and then the like star wars like the drunk uh c3po one thanks for uh thanks for wearing that you guys never got in trouble for that drunk uh Androids? No, thing. <laughs> no. And I, it's interesting. I don't feel like they, uh, you think Star Wars would be uh, cracking down on that stuff, but they, uh, Disney lets a lot of fan stuff go through, it seems like. I mean, the thing, they, the reason I was wondering is that I had some other friends of mine get in not really trouble, but there's this emo band from Evansville, Indiana called Maka Orange. And they were like one of my f- oh, yeah. favorite bands. They, uh, they were on a couple. They were like on Lobster Records on their first one. And then they put out some stuff on Dead Droid Records, which I don't even remember uh-huh. where that was based. But Lucasfilms, I mean, this was the early, it was like 2004 maybe. Uh, Lucasfilms uh-huh. like shut that. They like essentially put that thing out of that label out of business. I'm like, you assholes, huh. really? Just for Dead Droid. Because Droid, what? apparently like Android, they couldn't copyright. But just Droid, apparently they had some sort of fucking i don't know it's so stupid yeah anyway it's silly um you ready i'm ready let's do it all right my levels look good yours look good let me just double check this welcome to this might be a podcast the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time they might be giants i'm your host craig simpson and uh i've got a guy here who's from like the like Sixth greatest band of all time. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was meaning to look at my last FM play count, but you guys are up pretty high. Uh, I'm talking about Nerf Herder. Here, I've got Perry Grip, who does a lot of stuff. Uh, you're going to hear all about it, and then we're going to talk about Chess Piece Face off of the self-titled debut, a.k.a. The Pink Album. Let's do it. What's gonna happen to Chess Piece Face? There go I, but for my face All I know could be defaced By the hooks in the life of Chess Piece Face I don't know where he lives Or if he knows to sail Or if little schemes like this one Ever cross his trail But I don't believe he's dreaming or if he cares to know so i shudder in my lampshade so what's gonna happen to chespy's face there go i but for my face perry grip perry what's up hey greg thank you for uh, having me on here this is fun 
Of course. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a ball. I know. Um, I mean, I got a feeling that uh, like throughout your career and stuff, I mean, you've probably done a fair amount of interviews and like, uh, sure. but they're mostly yeah. like text interviews, right? Like they're written up. Um, right? Have you yeah, done a lot, done a lot of, of audio I've, interviews? Yeah, sure. I've done okay. plenty of those. All right. Yeah, because I wasn't sure because um, your manager, what's her name? Mm. I don't really have a manager, but are you talking about the PR person? Yes. Someone hit Stephanie. me up. Yes, Stephanie. Yeah, she, so, so I put out my uh, Perry Grip Jingle Burgers <laughs> CD in, uh, for, for Christmas. And right. I guess it's not a CD, but uh, she, I hired her to do PR and she was looking around for interviews for me to do. And so I did a lot of kids, kids interviews of like kids, different kids shows and things like that. Sure, so, sure. Uh, yeah, actually, I could probably hook you up with a. There's a podcast I did a crossover with where they came on here to talk about one of They Might Be Giants Kids songs, and then I went on there to talk about the educational value of They Might Be Giants Kids songs. It's called Parents Just Don't Understand. I think I'm getting that right. Uh-huh. Or Parents Don't Understand. Something like that. Pretty cool huh. uh, husband and wife couple that do that. Very smart folks. The, the wife is a scientist of some kind, I'm forgetting. Very mm-hmm. cool. Anyway, if you're looking to still do promo on that, I know it's not exactly Christmas anymore, but uh, I'm sure they'd love to talk to you because kids love your stuff. So I think first off, we got to play Rain and, Ta- Rain and Tacos. It's Rain and Tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Just open your mouth. love that i mean they request your stuff like if i'm teaching class and what uh, what grade do you teach what age range i teach kindergarten through sixth grade music including beginning band and choir oh okay that's sort of my demographic that funds my uh, lavish, lavish lifestyle exactly <laughs> yeah i see that marshall stack in the back you gotta you know i'm sure you're still paying that off <laughs> no i i actually i actually get about half a million streams a day for, oh for my god so so yeah it, uh, that's incredible pays, puts the electricity in my tesla yeah let's <laughs> you got one of those boxy trucks <laughs> no i wish maybe uh, when they come out let me see yeah how many uh how many plays does rain tacos have right now it's like a buttload um 46 million views and then someone uploaded a 10-hour version <laughs> The YouTube yeah, channel crazy. Ten Hour Boy, and that has, that has a lot almost of half too. a million. Yeah, four four hundred forty three thousand. Uh, yeah, and then Hailing Taquitos sequel to Raining Tacos. You've got six point eight million on that. Uh, Rain Taco Saga so far, you're almost up to a million on that. Holy cow! Yeah, there's. I mean, there's parodies of it. I mean, this that's you know when you get parodies of your songs, you know you've made it. Right. That's right. Yeah. Now, once Weird Al does a version of one of your songs, then you know you're that's that's top, the top dream. Tier. Seriously, that's the dream. Speaking of Weird Al, yeah. I've got a Weird Al news. 
And oh. that is that we, uh, Nerf Herder has a new song. What? That we recorded, and it is with features Weird Al on accordion. Oh, my God. Wait, it's out already? It's not out. We're, we're okay. going to release it soon, but it has him on accordion, and it has Dr. Demento doing uh, <laughs> doing a, a voiceover thing. So it's actually really <laughs> historic. And oh it's got a great, uh, great album cover by this guy, Luke McGeary, who is a... Uh, who is a um, awesome illustrator, and this is really funny. It's really that funny, but it is incredible. Having Weird Al play on something was uh, is the dream. That's surreal, man. I mean, just having people like you, uh, and I mean, two guys from the MIP Giants, and people from a lot of other bands I love and respect. Um, I don't know if you know Asian Man Records, right, Mike Park? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. He was on. He's going to be on a charity episode as well. He's just trying to pick a song. Again, he only knows like the first two records. Like he dropped off before Flood. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. But you know, people that are like a little older than me. I'm about to hit 40 with people that are a little bit older. Oh, you're a child. You're so young. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not, dude, they might be giants are such a wide spanning band. I had uh, episodes that just came out uh, where I had a 17 year old on. I talked to her mom before I had her on. Right, I talked to her mom after I recorded. I'm like, wait, was that okay that we did that? Because I didn't know how old she was. I hooked up with, you know, got a hold of her on Twitter, where like it's just a little bio that's like, I really like the MIP Giants and Radiohead. I'm like, okay, so like, and yeah. Kyla's mom, was that okay that we did that? Like, I think yeah, I swore. You, he, I think I swore in front of her. <laughs> well, she's probably heard that. <laughs> oh yeah, and then uh, oh yeah, she's You're totally a good hearted guy, Greg. That you that you checked that out. And uh, and then I had a 66 year old on the next episode. So oh man, yeah, that guy's older than me. I'm 54 years old, so I'm I'm ancient. My parents have been on. They're the oldest guests so far. Hi, mom and dad. They listen. Um, they were on the Istanbul episode, and they were on the uh, oh, that's a great song. Wicked little Critter episode. I don't know if you've heard Wicked little Critter, but you'd like it. <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to check it's, that out. It's all sung in like because they're from Lincoln, Massachusetts. It's all sung in like the Boston type accent. And uh, <laughs> my sister lives in Boston. So while my parents are from Pittsburgh and lived in Chicago, they uh, they know the Boston accent. Wicked little you, critter. Yeah. Where where are you right now, Greg? I grew up in Chicago, followed my wife to Bloomington, where she did her master's and PhD, and now followed her to Purdue, where she's a Spanish professor. So, Oh, man. She's got the smarts. Second in her high school class of like 800 uh she's a smarty pants wow. we met in band french horn scholarship you know i had a trombone scholarship you know it's uh it was love at first <laughs> sight our small liberal arts school in rock island illinois we were the only two people with dyed hair in the early aughts so <laughs> she was emo chick before uh, i you know had the guts to ask her out you know it could have been a nerf herder song honestly you know we met, we met, we met in the elevator and I was like, uh, hi, like in the library and like, Hey, what's your name? And I forgot to press the button, like to what floor? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Trombone yeah. scholarship. That's a great, uh, that's yeah. a song right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, uh, yeah. Something about a French horn dating a trombone. It could be a kid's song, <laughs> you know? And like, if they had a baby, what that instrument would look like. There you go. You can oh use that for goodness. free of charge. Free of charge. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this Weird Al Dr. Demento song. That's like power tr power trio there. Oh, oh my man. God. I'm excited about it. I mean, it's, I oh. think it's the best thing Nerf Herder's ever done. And to have Weird Al playing on it, it's great. And, and he's super nice. 
Oh, of course he is. So his management, I got a hold of his management because I'm Facebook friends with uh, John uh, Bermuda Schwartz. And uh, Oh, sure. He's super nice. And he's, you know, I've been on Weird Al podcasts and stuff like that. I did an episode on Spam, their stand, uh, <laughs> his stand parody. That was great. Um, like his management politely, you know, they said he uh, he's not available to do it right now. So maybe you could put in a good word for me, <laughs> but I reached out about it like a charity episode too. Like you're, uh, you know, so kindly doing for me, taking your Saturday time, um, and you know, he was like, you know, fair enough. Weird Al has a lot of charitable things he gives to. He can't give to every single individual that reaches out. So perfectly understandable. That's what they might be. Giants manager said too. I mean, the fact that these guys give me the time of day and write back within 24 hours is pretty cool. As it is, I, you know, I'm happy about that. Um, but yeah, Mike Park's going to do an episode. Justin McElroy, the podcaster, is going to do an episode uh, for my student. Currently raised, uh, I just cracked sixty. Yeah, yeah, sixty six hundred. So six thousand six hundred dollars as of now. And I'm visiting. Oh, that's great. They're coming home from Chicago uh, from the hospital. They're at one of the University of Chicago hospitals. It's in DuPage that has a pediatric uh, cancer specialist. Or brain cancer specialist? I don't know, but I, I'm kind of nervous to see him tomorrow, and I'm going to try to hold it together because, uh, you know, I got I got to keep it positive for him because he's had yeah. a rough a rough week, and That's, mom uh, mom has had a rough life. She's had cancer twice, breast cancer oh, and thyroid cancer, and she found out about the or she went in, it got they found out she had thyroid cancer, and that's when she found out she was pregnant with the twins with Garrett and his sister chloe she doesn't believe in abortion this is rural indiana so you know to each their own but she put off her own cancer treatments for eight months till she had the kids and then had her chemo and radiation so the risky move for all three of them but they all made it out and it's uh you know he's he's led a very normal kid life up until now oh jeez. Um, well what's well, really uh, really I, nice of you to do this for them yeah, it's like trauma on top of trauma, and I guess not a completely normal kid life because their dad died in a snowmobile accident when they were six. So oh, it's just been like storming down on them for their their whole lives, and mom's like the last 15 years. It's, it's a fucking mess, and I just like, when I was, so I've been, this is my 17th year teaching. Um, it would be my 19th. I took two years off to try and do like a studio thing. Uh, like I worked at, you know, Sonic Iguana, right? Um, rings a bell. Where is that? They did all like Master Genie from the band Squirt Gun did like all of the oh, lookout sure. record stuff in the '90s. So I studied under him, engineering and producing, and did a uh-huh. bunch of records over there. It's in town. It's like three minutes from my house, Lafayette, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was here because his dad was a, a engineering professor of some kind. So, uh, yeah. But so I've been teaching a long time, and um, when I was down in Southern Indiana. Uh, I was at the school for six years and during that time we had two kids that got cancer and one of them didn't make it and it was a kid that I had in a guitar club his older brother played trumpet for me and like I knew the family really well and it was just like crushing like the whole you know it's a town of a town of 12,000 people so like everyone knows each other and now this town Pine Village less than a thousand people live there so like everybody knows this family and I put up these pictures. Um, if you didn't see them on Facebook, I could send them to you, but there were, 
I've had 155 different donors. Some of them kids that just brought in $2 and quarters to buy one of my band's stickers. And uh-huh. it's incredible. So, like, between the two schools, there were, I think, 90 kids. And these are schools where one of them only has 150 kids. And, like, 45 of those kids gave money to buy one of my band's T-shirts and stuff. Wow. So it's been incredible. Um and a lot of my friends from all around the world, people from England donated, like people that don't know this family, but know that I, you know, they like what I do. And they're like, well, I was going to buy a t-shirt anyway. Now, you know, that's the time to do it. So it's been incredible and very just like heartwarming. Um, but let's get back to uh, some, some rock and roll, man. So I interviewed you for um, punknews.org who hosts this podcast. Uh, PunkNews.org, uh-huh. I've been writing for them for 19 years since I was in college. Wow. So my first You're review... You're an old-timer there. Yep. First review was posted, uh, yeah, April 8th, 19 years ago. And, uh, I mean, I, I was uh, came on pretty soon after the site started, because one of the guys that founded it, Scott Heisel, the co-host of my other podcast, Best Midwestern, he um, kind of helped start it. You may have talked to him. He worked for Alternative Press for a decade from like 2005 to 2015. Um, May have, maybe not. But so I did an interview uh, with you in 2016 when Rockingham came out, which it's it's a great record, dude. I still listen to it a ton. And it's the kind of thing where, um, and I want to play a couple Nerf Herder clips like at least one song that I grew up on and then one from the new newest record. Um, because it's all good, but it's all like, you guys have grown a lot in the past. I mean, it makes sense. You guys have been a band for 25 years. More. Yeah. Well, I think More. we're getting uh, 30. I think it's, 30. I think it's no, I think it's 25 years. Yeah. I think it's 25 years. In fact, we have the, the 20 year fat records is going to release a 20 year anniversary version of American cheese. It's going to come out in uh, 2022. It's going to have all kinds of uh, bonus tracks and stuff. Well then, so yeah, we're excited about it. Let's play the song off of that, that I have covered with my punk band, Doppelpopolis. High five anxiety. High five anxiety. High five anxiety. Yeah, right. we've covered that one live. We've never recorded it. I don't think it's on. 
No, I don't think we recorded it, but my band Doppelpopolis. But that one I play guitar on, and I'm like, dude, like all of us are like, you know, we're all the outcast types, uh, us three. I mean, everyone I know was an outcast type, everyone I'm good friends with at least. And so like you can relate to that where it's like if you put your hand up to like one of the jockeyer kids in school, it's like, are they going to give you five? Or if they put their hand up, are they going to pull it away? (laughs) You know, I, I love that song. I kept fucking up the solo, but it was fine. Uh, the, the PA systems everywhere we play suck. So it's like, you know, you're not hearing anything very good. <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. But I wanted to play one from your first record. So I don't, you know, I want to know if Joey Capes, a, a They Might Be Giants fan, because I keep being surprised by uh, who likes They Might Be Giants and like just anyone who's at all nerdy, like chances are they've liked at least a few of They Might Be Giants songs even if it's just Birdhouse or Particle Man or whatever. But Lagwagon, I would have considered my favorite band in high school. And uh-huh. uh, so so Joey Capes, My Records, put out your first record, and I have the My Records version. I'm that uh-huh. cool. Way I don't back. know how many. Do you, do you know how many they pressed on My Records? Is it like the vinyl thousand? or the CD? The, the CD, the original press. I don't know. It would have just been maybe a couple thousand. Not many, I don't think. Hell yeah, I'm gonna sell that shit. No, I'm I'm holding on to that. <laughs> I still got all my CDs prominently displayed. I'm a '90s, grew up in the '90s, so. Uh, but yeah, that record we jammed on endlessly, and um, Lagwagon I would have considered my favorite band. Like I, the, Lagwagon played a a barn, a, like a literal barn in Willowbrook, Illinois, with no use for a name. Uh, Limp, who were your uh-huh. Honest Don's uh, band uh, oh, sure. label mates. Yeah, I know all those guys. Mm-hmm. And Armchair Martian. It was like fucking killer, oh, yeah. killer bill. All great bands. All great bands. A barn, no backstage. There are horses outside. Uh, it was crazy. <laughs> there was no backstage. So my friends, like this was on my birthday, August 29th, my 16th birthday. Um, you know, 97. Uh-huh. And... Um, they found like Jesse, the bass player of Lagwagon. They found Chris, Chris Flippin, and like Joey Cape wished me a happy birthday for, at the very top of their set. And I'm out there with like my six inch mohawk, and I'm just like, oh my God! So <laughs> Joey Cape is like the best dude. I've never talked to him, but I love Bad Astronaut and all that stuff. So you guys are all from Santa Barbara, correct? Yeah. In fact, I see, I saw Joey a few months ago. We had sort of a pandemic uh mask wearing uh coffee yeah. meetup and he nice. he lives here in santa barbara now where we uh where we live next time you see him if you remember you know ask him if he's a they might be giants fan at all because even if he knows like three songs i would totally have him on the show <laughs> i'd love to talk oh, to him. sure dude. sure i'll mention it to him growing up on on this stuff but so your first record like we talked about it in this uh punk news interview about how like your guitar tones and stuff were like so different because you had, let's see. So I said in this interview on punk news, I love the first record and it's definitely the fuzziest as a gear nerd. Can I ask what you were using for distortion on the album? There's even bass fuzz. What were you using for that? Uh And you said the guitar sound was kind of strange. It was a modified fender twin that you still have that someone had installed a fuzz circuit in. Do you still have it five years later? Oh yeah. I still have it. I don't get rid of stuff. Nice. I have tons of stuff. And then Ryan Green, who recorded it and recorded like every single 90s Fat Wreck record, um, 
figured out a good sound with it and you thought it was terrible sounding, but it got it sounding good. Yeah. And then you switched to Marshalls and stuff. Yeah. And you said, I think the bass was some pedal called, called a grunge pedal or something. Yeah, that's um, right. A DOD, DOD grunge, grunge, grunge that pedal. Charlie was using. That's um, right. <clears throat> so this Nerf track that's coming out, is it the same, uh, all the same four guys from Rockingham? You can it still is. got all the, yeah, all the boys? Uh, Hell yeah. We all, we all get along really well, so. It's sort of a hobby we do just to hang out and eat lunch yeah, together. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, nice. I love it. I love it. So, uh, let's see. If I was going to play one song from your debut, oh, I mean, we got the explicit logo, you know, on the podcast and stuff. So, I feel like we should play... Oh, hold on. Let me just... Look. I, I think I want to play one of the deeper cuts just because... Um, People can go find your, you know, the videos that you made when you were on, you know, because you had some money behind you for a while and uh, you were on the... Arista. Which, yeah, right. Arista. I, <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have any of those because I had the My Records one and then it was Honest Ons after that. People can find uh, Van Halen and uh, Golf Shirt. And was there another video you guys... I th- the videos were just Sorry and uh, Van Halen. Okay. Yeah, that's the videos. You know what? Yeah, let's play Sorry, because I think, you know, I mean, it's just great. All the verses are classic. Uh, And this is a song that me and my friends would listen to going to the skate spots that were available to us in high school, which was, you know, banks. We'd get chased off of banks, parking lots and stuff (laughs) like that. You know, the Taco Bell and uh, all that stuff. So let's let's hear it. Some uh, Nerf Herder from, uh, uh, hold on, 96? Wait. 96, yeah. 96. That's when that record came out. Here we go. Sorry we broke up. Sorry I missed you. Sorry I wanted only to kiss you. Sorry I promised to love you forever. Made you feel guilty all when you left me. Sorry I showed up at your party. Sorry I drank up all the Bacardi. Sorry I puked up on your bedspread. Sorry I wanted Sorry I touched you and I heard bells ring Sorry I jacked off outside of your window While you were sleeping I thought you'd never know Sorry I showed up at your wedding Sorry I tried so hard to get in Sorry I screwed up your pictures Sorry I had sex with your sister What can I do? It's over, it's over, it's over, it's over <laughs> and you mentioned Amer- uh yeah so we played american cheese um let's play one off rockingham i think it's got to be uh we opened for weezer because that oh, one yeah. was just fantastic telling the tale of that era you true know, story nostalgic uh-huh true stories um if people haven't heard the buffy vampire slayer theme that's uh, that's this guy too and uh it's mentioned in this song so let's play a little bit of that so good for Weezer First time on the road Some of us had never even been in the snow Following along in our rental van Back when Matt Sharp was still in the band Called Weezer Watching 
saw a kid rush the stage and take the bass amp down. The wah wah rolling over 7 Eleven. It was Nerdcore Heaven in 97 with Weezer. Should we talk about uh, They Might Be Giants? Sure. Let's talk about them. Yeah. So when did you first uh, become aware of that band, and like, what did you hear first? So I became aware of them right when they came out. So I, I was uh, I was 18 years old, and I was watching... Braggart. So cool. The cool kid. Old. I was watching <laughs> this show on MTV called 120 Minutes, which is... You had yeah. to watch, like it was the old days. I don't think people understand it now, but to learn about music, you had to, uh, you had to like listen to a radio show or have, have, you couldn't just Google it up, right? You couldn't do that. You had to walk into a record store and like see a record there. And then you had to buy the record and then see if you liked it oh. after you bought it. So I remember yep. seeing a video on 120 minutes. I think it was probably when I would watch that show every week because they showed, it was like a show about all these alternative new new bands and um if you were into new music you watched this show to learn about new bands and so uh and you couldn't you know you couldn't watch it on youtube you had to actually videotape it or uh (laughs) you had to sit there you had to sit there crazy it's so weird talking to these young fans and i've talked to a lot of them that get in that have gotten into the band like two years ago yeah and it's insane to me just like it would be overwhelming the the band has 900 plus songs so yeah. to get into them today, where you can literally stream every single thing they've released, I wouldn't even know you know where to start. I mean, I've given a lot of people my best of Spotify playlist. I think I have one for you guys, I made too. <laughs> um, but it's it's just overwhelming. So you got in right at the jump. One one record is all they had. That's right. Yeah. No, I got in right when it came out, and um, I bought. It was on cassette. So this is the thing we had back then, Robotica cassette, and uh, they've come I, back, it, man. Oh, maybe they have, yeah, sure. But but uh, you know, you would have a cassette and you'd put it in your car and you just listen to it over and over again. And which is why I know this song, Chess Piece Face, because I think if it was, it's like maybe a lesser type of song on the record, like a lesser hit version. You know, some people might just right. listen to the hits. If you were uh, well, listening on Spotify, you might just listen to the you know click around to the to the songs that are catchier and more energetic but because it was on cassette you would just listen to every every song and and you would come to love these songs that maybe you wouldn't have loved right off the bat and so right. um so 
the first record. Yeah, I listened to it over and over again. It was my favorite record for a long time. And uh, I had that. And then during that time, I also bought, um, they had this three-inch maxi single CD. And a, and like a CD is a weird enough thing you don't see now, but but this was a three-inch one. That like it wouldn't play in all the CD players, but it had um, oh yeah, don't let, it had don't <laughs> let start, and it had we're the replacements on it, which I loved, and I think that's oh. probably still my favorite uh, favorite. They might be giant song is we're the replacements. I love you. That need song. to listen to that. That episode just came out uh, about a month ago, and it was with DC Pearson, who, if you don't know his name, he came up with Donald Glover in this uh, uh, comedy small comedy group called uh, Derek Comedy, and he's been on Community. He's had friends that are doing Marvel movies and stuff. Like, he played an Apple Store employee in the Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie. Uh, so you'd probably recognize him if you saw him, but he picked that song because he's a huge Replacements fan. Uh, yeah. And, again, only knows, like, a couple albums, but he picked that one. He didn't even know about it because it's a B-side, right? So you knew about it because you got this little... Yeah, uh, this tiny CD, which yeah. yeah, you 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 couldn't put it in any CD player where you had to like uh, in, inject the CD into it. Like it had to be a tray CD player, right? Yeah, because yeah. um, the trays used to have that tiny little indentation. You could put those little CDs. In. That's right. That's right. Or like, like yeah, one is, of those oh. Walkman type CDs with a with a uh -huh. clamshell. You could pop it in there. But uh, right. yeah, it was this exciting. This is old guy talk. Yeah, <laughs> I love that song. It is great, and I love the replacements too. So hearing hearing them sing about the uh, about yeah. the replacements was was great. But but so I had this the first record, and uh, I loved it. I listened to it over and over again, and it was so different and uh, just uh, fun. And I don't, I wouldn't call their music funny because they're it's not like comedy music, but it's just like uh, sort of cerebral and and smart and clever. And uh, interesting, and it just seemed like the the first record is them doing a lot of experimenting with different stuff and having fun, basically doing right. that. So, yeah. so I loved that record. It really uh, was was a favorite of mine for a long time. So, how old would you have been when you were first hearing them? So I was eighteen. I was just like I just 18. started college. I was just going to UCSB, um, and uh, and they were uh, you know it was a it was a cassette that i had in my truck that i would drive around, drive around in and listen to over and over and, and like i said like when you had a cassette you would have a you wouldn't you know you couldn't dial up a hundred different albums in your car you had to have a box of cassettes <laughs> and you would leave one cassette in and listen to it over and over again yeah 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 i've i had so driving around i learned how to drive and my parents you know caravan chrysler caravan or whatever the fuck and i and i loved it people would think that's so dorky but we took the back bench seat out to put in like our you know our grind box to take it around and uh you know the band gear or whatever for my first band putting the drums in but it just had a cassette deck so i had like my weird al cassettes still got them uh and we would make mixtapes but then i got like the car adapter you know so they had the uh -huh. disc man the you know with like 20 second shock protection and then the, <laughs> the cassette adapter in and so yeah and so we'd, we'd jam on this first nerf herder records we jam on you know flood apollo 18 john henry you know i got all of my friends into i had a friend that got me into them and then i got all my other friends into they might be giants um, but yeah, I was 93 when I got into them. So not too long after you, honestly, yeah, but like right. they, you know, they were still, you know, they were only, Pretty early they on. were only four albums in instead of one album in. So 
and they've cranked out so much stuff. It's like, it's easy to get behind. Um, if you're not trying to keep up. So, uh, chess piece face is deep in the track list. Yeah. Um, let's see. So they got a lot of songs on here and I love the pink album because it is such a jarring track list from these really, really poppy songs. These like country pastiche songs, like, number three and alienations for the rich these crazy drum machine experiments like you know uh i hope that i get old before i die yeah and then all this bizarre stuff so yeah. like boat of boat of car i did with uh i did that episode with uh adam gorn of adam and his package do you know adam mm-hmm. oh sure i don't so, know him but i know of him mm-hmm. yeah so and we actually collaborated on a cover of it which is like surreal um so he's been on three episodes, actually, because he's super nice. And then Absolutely Bill's Mood, which I just put out that episode, super weird. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. Pho- phoned in guitar intro. And then Chesapeake's Face. So, well, and you got Youth Culture Killed My Dog before that. So it's like the B-side of the record, of the vinyl, if you had the vinyl, is like, She's an Angel. Oh, man, one of the best songs ever. And then Weird Song, yeah. Weird Song, Weird Song, Weird Song. Kind of poppy Weird Song country song uh the day which is like some bizarre ballad and then rhythm section one it so the b-side of this record is a true like test like can you handle this band at their weirdest (laughs) right yeah i guess you're right about that i could yeah and i loved it like i said i listened to it over and over again she's an angel is a great song so good i did that one with francis quinlan of the band hop along who are great if you haven't heard them um yeah, God, Chesapeake's face. So, did you take a look at tmbw.net? The wiki's one of the best wikis out there. You know, I didn't. I'm going to look at it right now. Yeah, I got the link there. So, you there's a not a whole lot of trivia. Yes, there's not a whole lot of trivia to this song. But, um, John Flansburg confirmed that this song, Chesapeake's face, was about a co worker at a job he left in 1984. Rumors had suspected that it could have been his, bro- his brother, Paxis. So that give us, gives us a couple things to talk about. But before we do, let's play uh, the demo. Did you get a chance to listen to the demo or else you can queue it up right now? I did. Okay. The demo sounds remarkably like the uh, version on the record. gonna happen to chess piece face there go i but for my face all i know could be defaced by the facts in the life of chess piece face i don't know where he lives or if he knows to sail or if little schemes like this one ever cross his trail but i don't believe he's I think, like, at least according to the chronology tab on the wiki, it says different vocal track than the album version. So I believe Hmm. the instrumental is exactly the same, or they had it, like, programmed on... I don't... Well, you could talk about that keyboard. If it had a sequencer or whatever, that they just pumped it in, you know, Bill Krause, the producer, on the first one, they got it sounding a little better. But it could have been the very... the exact same instrumental. They just redid the vocals in the studio. Sure. Sure, that's kind of what, what it sounds, sounds like. like to me. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you want to tell us about that keyboard? You think you had one? Well, so I think someone gave me one. 
this was not too. It was probably like, um, I'm just trying to remember this. The guy, uh, there's a guy named John Lyons who recorded uh, 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 Nerf Herder's first demo, and he recorded this. Uh, he also, I think, probably recorded Lagwagon and took a lot of Lagwagon pictures early on. So if you've seen these, that name like, sounds familiar. He he's. A great guy but he he was moving out of the state and he get, he was he i think he gave me this keyboard which i think we had used on uh this re recording we did called the squires there's a song called i love my uh boyfriends that my wife sings on this is when oh. we did it when we were not married but but uh it has yeah. this keyboard on it and i think it was that same keyboard and he gave gave it to me so i have that line awesome. around somewhere. i don't think i've heard that song is that song available on youtube uh, probably, yeah, uh, maybe not. I don't know. We have, we, we released a vinyl of the Squires. Uh, uh -huh. you can't, you can't get it on streaming or anything like that, but we, Steve and I pressed up a vinyl of it because it was me and Steve yeah. from Nerf Herder and our friend, yeah. uh, Tim, and we just played Squire guitars and it was, it happened before. That's awesome. We did it before American Cheese. So like some of the songs are actually ended up on American Cheese as Nerf Herder songs, but, um, Anyway, the Squires, but it's Dude, it's on the Squires song. are good now. I have the Jay Mascus Dinosaur Junior model Squire uh, Jazz Master back there on the wall. Oh yeah, it's an amazing always, guitar. They were always good, <laughs> but um, you, I, you see Jay playing that one, not his, not the Fender model that's purple. You see him playing that one. Yeah, that's right. Like it, in, in the newest Dinosaur Junior videos, that's the one he plays. Yeah. So, uh, could you send me MP3s of the Squires? Yeah, I'll send you that. Like when when you get a chance, I'd love. To I hear can this send song. you a record actually, because we we only pressed oh. up a hundred of them, but I still have a few. So okay. uh, I can send that to you if you if I and, get your address. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what you don't still have it from the care package you sent before? No, I'll give you the I'll give you the address I might, again. I might still have yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, but anyway, where we're oh, we're talking about yeah. this song though, but but yeah. So, I only the song the sound we used on with this keyboard was like an electric piano so sound. So it doesn't uh -huh. sound too synthesizery like like the sound sure. that they've got going on on this on on Chespy's face is like there's that thing and that's probably uh, some patch and then the other sounds like an organ sound or something like that. There's also a portamento violin. I mean, we'll be talking about we'll we'll talk about this YouTube video someone attempted to recreate it on the same keyboard. Um, and I think that's the the scoop. But what's cool is that there's one scooping going down and one going up at the same time, huh. ooh, ooh, like at the same time, which that's gives weird. that dizzying effect. And it sounds like a tornado siren, which dogs hate. And it it it, it dawned on me that you may have never heard a tornado siren before. Uh, I, I mean, maybe on tour. I have never heard that. I mean, maybe yeah. in a movie or something, but not out here. I'll drop it. Yeah, in Twister, if you ever saw Twister. <laughs> we have uh, earthquakes and stuff, but we don't have tornadoes. Right. Do you, do you guys have all the fires down there, too? Yeah, we there? have tons of fires. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's <laughs> seriously. And it's gotten a lot worse. Like, we have tornado drills in school and stuff like that. That's, you know... Uh, I supervise them now, but yeah. So like the my beagle that we used to have hated it because it sounds like a giant beagle howling because it goes, Ooh, and so my dog would be like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll drop in a clip of one if uh, if I can find a good. I'm sure I can find a good tornado siren uh, YouTube video because everything's on YouTube.
So this little keyboard sounds like it's a lot of fun to play with. You, you still have it? I don't know. I have a lot of stuff. I, I mean, I probably do have <laughs> it somewhere. I have a ton of keyboards, like old vintage keyboards and stuff. So I have it. Sure. Probably have it uh, stashed at the Nerfurter Studio. But um, my roll, my Roland Juno sixty right here. Oh I wow! A live, a, a live stream thing. Uh, that's a nineteen eighty two analog that. synth. Six voice polyphony, baby. Oh, wow. And digital storage, which is currently broken. I created every sound on there, and I may have lost them. Uh-oh. But, you know. There's one place in Indianapolis that, that knows how to fix them. You can't trust many people with analog synths. Sure. Um, yeah. So, the, yeah. So, back to this trivia, I guess. So we could talk more about the musical elements after we talk about this. So, Flansburg said it was about a coworker. Uh, and you can click on the little citation there, and it takes you to a tweet. A they might be giants tweet. Some guy, the mole people, uh, at Bradley K M, Bradley K A Y M, tweeted at uh, they might be giants. How is my internet? Okay, and at TMBG. Seriously, whatever happened to Chesapeake's face? And uh, they might be giants Twitter, which is primarily run by Flans or their management, which will credit stuff like JF or JL, whoever said it. Flan said, left that job in 1984. No one knows. So even before huh. the first record came out. The first demo, that demo is 1985. Um, was it on the 84? They had an 84 tape, an 85 tape. So right around that time, he quit some job, you know, before they might be giants were full time. So then, yeah, the person replied, I hope I'm speaking to JF because he is the athi- the highest authority on this, ma- on this matter. And... They might be giant said, yes, you are talking to John Flansburg. Huh, uh, so he knows. Yeah. So some uh-huh. coworker. Yeah. So, but previously it had been thought that it was about his brother. So I started looking into his brother and I had heard that his brother was like a huge activist, um, hippie type. No, you know, I mean, they grew up like his dad was a famous architect in huh. uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Massachusetts. Yes. Earl huh. Flansburg. Earl Flansburg, uh, a modern architect known for his extensive work in the Boston area. Uh, they grew up in Ithaca, actually. His father was a professor at Cornell. So there was a Smarty Pants family. I mean, go figure. You listen to They Might Be Giants. You know, these dudes have read books, you know. Um, so let's see. Here's Paxis has his own uh, Wikipedia page that's quite extensive. Yep. Yeah, so check out that. So Paxis Kelta, I mean, he was he was born Earl. Uh, so Earl Schuyler Flansburg. So I guess was he a junior? It doesn't say junior. Maybe a different middle name. But uh, Earl Flansburg, uh, Flan, uh, John Flansburg's older brother. Um, I guess he went by the nickname Sky, but then he changed his name to Paxis. Paxis Kelta uh, was born in 1957. Um, I don't know if you had a chance much to read this, but there's a. I mean. It's a pretty long Wikipedia page for someone that even people that have heard of They Might Be Giants have probably never checked out. Um, yeah. Studied engineering and uh, economics at Cornell. Go figure. You know, you get a, a discount on tuition. Um, let's see. The Quill and Dagger Society, uh, which is just a cool name for, I'm guessing it's some sort of journalistic publication, right? But then he was a software designer. Um, founded and sold to software consulting firms, so that's good money there. And then that gives you money to be an activist, I suppose, right? In 82, yeah. he changed his name. 88, he hitchhiked on sailboats across the Pacific. This is like... 
this is like crazy stuff. Like to people these days, there's a lot of good, you know, um, progressive people that are pushing for reform of, you know, police, uh, policing, sure, you know, racial equality. Like it's sad that we still have to fight for racial equality. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement, we got our sign out front still. Um, people in our town have had theirs stolen and stuff like that. Like we live in Indiana. Sure. Being a activist, just, just like doing anything in the 80s or 90s, it was more difficult than it is now. You know, kids these days, you got it easy. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's true. You know, you couldn't just hop on and tweet out stuff like, let's meet up to protest this at this yeah. place. You know? You had to walk around, do a lot of work. <laughs> right. You know, make signs, all this stuff. The picture of him on the Wikipedia page, cool looking. He doesn't look like a chess doesn't look like a chess piece face to me. No. Look I don't know. Face. Like does I don't know like did he have acne or something? Is that I don't know. Something just like kind of a joke cuz all of these they might be giant songs. You never know where they came from and it's surprising that he even confirmed that it wasn't about his brother. You think he'd like to have people just keep guessing. Sure. Um but because that, that's kind of their their thing, you know, either tell a story and then tell a conflicting story, which happened on where the replacements where they tried to claim that it wasn't about the replacements. I found an interview in 1990 where Flansburg said it isn't about the replacements. It's just about <laughs> being on a band that's following other small bands around the country, playing the same venues, yada, yada. Uh, but then just last November, I found an interview where Linnell said, Wait, 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 wait. It is about the replacements, at least mostly. <laughs> Isn't so, it? This, it? It's this. really about the replacements. <laughs> I mean, it mentions Tommy. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so he essentially said it's about both things. Like how the touring experience is, I mean, you you know, you know, guys are on a major label and you open for Weezer, but you're familiar with going on the road where you're yeah. like maybe the, maybe the headliner, but it's like a thousand cap venue or you're the opener for some other band that's not as popular. So like you're playing all these venues and maybe if you look at the calendars at each venues, you're like following another band of similar stature, you know, playing the triple rock the night after them, you know, playing, you know, the fireside bowl the night after them. You're just like following them around uh, the country. So that's what people said. Like, uh, he's like, no, it's about that. But Linnell's like, it's about both things. So, uh, anyway, uh, so Paxis Kelta did, he's like still doing stuff. He gave a talk on activism at Alana University in 2007, um, was viewed as un-American and blah, blah, blah. So he's, you know, done all the activist stuff where people get mad at him because he's doing things, pushing, you know, uh, he authored a pamphlet about polyamory, which has been translated into five languages. He considers wow. himself an, an anarchist. So, like, it's <laughs> it's awesome. Like, it gives you a view on, like, Flansburg's, like, uh, childhood, I guess. And, like, sure family dynamics, you know? Like, Flans, like, they're a very progressive band. And I've talked about this a lot on the show with stuff like Your Racist Friend or Road Movie to Berlin, like stuff that could be considered political. And while they don't, they're not like, there aren't songs like, you know, fuck the man or like fuck Trump or whatever. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But they are very much very far lefties. 
you know. Sure, probably absolutely. Like, if probably not anarchists, but like socialists, you know, they believe in universal health care, stuff like that. Science is real, that yes. kind of stuff. So anyway, Paxis, it's not about Paxis, but uh Paxis seems like a cool guy who is is fighting for the right things. And uh they might be giants do that that too, just not so much in their songs directly. You know, you could you could read that into some songs. But so Chesapeake's face is about uh, an old coworker. So uh, if you want to talk about the lyrics, what do we think this coworker must have been like? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he sounds mysterious. Just the yeah. Chesapeake's face makes, I just visualize the shape of his face being angular or right. something like that. Right. Right. Chesapeake's face. Yeah, and like I think when I was younger, for some reason I would picture like more like the chess board, but it's chess piece face, so that doesn't really yeah. make sense. Um, so the chess piece, there's a lot of different chess pieces. Maybe sure. this guy was uh, had a, a horse head. It was like BoJack Horseman. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking he had kind of a horse face. And I think BoJack Horseman's creators owe some money to the Johns for stealing their idea. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> Yeah, or like which chess piece? Like, uh, yeah, the, the, the guy wore a crown to work. I mean, it could be a million things that would be funny to picture. So lyrics, let me see. I'm like bringing it up on my phone because my damn computer, like, I mean, we're on a phone call here. I'm using two computers. I got my fucking, I mean, it's a mess in here. I've been recording drums, so like I got a million cables just like everywhere. Whoa, that's some spaghetti. Yeah, yeah it's, it's seriously. Look at that. So I got my trombone and my singing saw on the ground because I did a Mercury Rev cover on uh, this live stream last night. All kinds of wacky shit. I'm a music teacher. I got, you know, I've got a uh, a Quica that I bought in Rio de Janeiro uh, oh, yeah. that I'm going to put on the Let's track hear that. as well. Can I hear that? Um, let me go. I got to wet a washcloth because you oh, need no, a worry. No, no, no. It's too much work. Don't worry about it. What does it sound well, like? Just wet, do it with your me, mouth. Let, let me wet a paper towel. Hold on, it'll take 30 seconds. All right. So Greg is now wetting a paper towel. We'll talk about him while he's gone. Oh, second. I can't hear you right he now. He can't hear me. He's uh, he's getting a paper towel right now. He's going to play this Quika thing. We're looking at his music room, which is not that messy. It's got a purple chair. It's got a, a skateboard on the wall. Um... What else? There's a piano. Okay. Oh, he's back. He's back. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you reach inside and you, you rub... You jack the thing off, essentially. Uh, so you, you rub the stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, you, I know what that sounds so, like. Right, like, uh... Me and Julio Damba... Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. I was. That's why I wanted to hear it, because I love... That's one of the greatest songs ever, right? And to hear yeah. that... That is uh, awesome. Thanks for playing that. The mama pajama rolled out of bed and she ran to the police station. When the papa found out, he began to shout and he started the investigation. It's against the law. It was against the law. Oh, what the mama saw. It was against the law. The mama looked down and spit on the ground Every time my name gets mentioned The papa said, oh, if I get that boy I'm gonna stick him in the house of detention Well, I'm on my way I don't know where I'm going I'm 
I'm on my way I'm taking my time but I don't know where Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona See me and Julio down by the schoolyard See me and Julio down by the schoolyard I just made a Me First in the Gimme Gimme's playlist where I did original gimme's, original gimme's, and uh, that was... I grew up on that song. My dad loved Paul Simon and uh, Paul McCartney, anyone named Paul, apparently, um, and Bowie. Uh, let's see. All right, so what's going to happen to Chess Piece Face? There go I, but for my face. I misunderstood that line for like the longest time. I'm like, what is he saying? Yeah, because he's rhyming face with face. That's sort of... Uh... Unorthodox. That too. That's unorthodox. And and like some sort of like Shakespearean grammar there. Like there go I, but for my face. Yeah. What? Like why would you say it like that? Uh, yeah. All I know could be defaced, which is a technically a different word, but you're still rhyming face defaced by the facts of the life in Chesapeake's face. So the rhyme scheme goes face face to face to face. Yeah. That's unusual. <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> So there go I, but for my face, all I know could be defaced by the facts in the life of Chesapeake's face. What the f- fuck does that mean? Like, this guy is, like, ruining his life because he's a bad coworker, Or what? What do you think? Um, I don't know. Does I this guy just it was, suck? I thought it was more creepy. It sounds pretty creepy sounding song. So I assumed it was some, uh, some like, kind of. I don't know. It's sort of a spooky, yeah. like Halloweeny type song, almost. I know, and like I, I thought it was a guest vocalist for a while, and not checking, I guess, the liner notes, which I could have done. Um, so they're not as extensive as the wiki is, but it is Flansburg singing in a weird voice, which they used to do a lot more of those weird voices. The all I know could be to face just makes me think like this guy was yeah a, a creepy guy kind of creeped him out and was like maybe not ruining his life but like making working conditions uh weird and awkward maybe I don't know where he lives or if he knows to sail now I don't know where he lives so why would people think it was about his brother I don't know though though his brother did go around the world so much. That maybe he would like lose track again. No internet. Be like, hey, dad, what's what's the number I can reach Paxis at now? Where the hell is he? <laughs> so maybe that, or if he knows to sail, that's kind of odd. I mean, is Ithaca? Ithaca is not. Ithaca is landlocked. I mean, they got all those gorge gorges and shit. Um, or if little schemes like this one ever cross his trail, what schemes like this one? What's this one? Hey, are you a fan of? Are you a fan of Armchair Martian? I'm sorry to change the topic a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Do, Why, do you know you John Snodgrass? Because I'm looking at this picture of John Flansburg, and John Snodgrass uh-huh. and John Flansburg are like doppelgangers. They look exactly well, okay. the same. I'm gonna, me... I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you this. I wish I could show you a screenshot or something. Let, uh, but, um, I mean, you can you can share screens, but let me just look him up. Snodgrass. Just look up Snodgrass. I, look up the John Flansburg picture on. Uh, well, on I'm the, seeing this, this one. Yeah. Okay. No, there's different ones though. But look at the picture on uh, on the. This might be a wiki. 
there's a there's a picture of he's uh-huh. wearing looks very handsome he's got a tie and glasses on and then yep. you look at the picture of snodgrass <laughs> like those guys are the same looking is it the same guy <laughs> that would be cool there's so many i mean i think in the late six in the late 60s and early 70s just everyone in new england was named john i think is the thing i'm getting <laughs> <laughs> this one yeah he looks a lot like standing next to a kid who had a yeah, shirt that i had yeah look at that i had the green version of that no use for a name shirt oh yeah no yeah. use for a name wow. we toured we toured with those guys r.i.p tony sly oh yeah he was great very nice guy bummer yeah um I derailed yes. this discussion, but let's go back to that. Oh, I was just marveling fine. at how much John Snodgrass looks like. If if John Flannisburg ever needs to miss, miss a show, he could uh, he could <laughs> substitute John Snodgrass in there, and they would just yeah, keep they calling get the him same, John, like stubble, like gray, you know, black uh, salt pepper stubble, the glasses, similar face shape, yeah, um, similar build. Yeah, I hadn't seen a picture of. I mean, I'm not a, a completist of Armchair Martian. I like everything I've heard, and I've seen them a couple of times, but it, like a long time ago, uh, before he would have been salt and pepper. Uh, so this little schemes like this one, like what one? I don't understand that, so it's just very vague. I don't believe he's dreaming or if he cares to know, so I shudder in my lampshade. I, I don't even know where to start with that one. Can you make anything out of that? Can you make hide nor hair? I don't. Um, I don't understand it, but it's kind of absurdist, right? I mean, there's a lot oh, of yeah that uh, absurdist stuff is a lot of their lyrics, and especially that early stuff like "Rabbit Child." I did pretty early on in the podcast. That's one of my favorite weirder ones off the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great one. Oh yeah, "Boat of Car" was like got. I'll have to send you a link to the the cover that Adam and I did because I did like fat rack style drums and we sped it way up. Like Adam, Adam and I collaborated on a John Linnell solo song too, which you might not know, called Montana. But like he always insists, like everything is at least twenty BPM faster than the original. So it's like Adam did like the MIDI keyboards and I did drums. So it's like and then I did the daddy will sing bass that I just pitched it down digitally <laughs> to do the Johnny Cash sample. It was pretty fun. I got to hear that. Daddy will sing bass. Daddy will sing bass. Daddy will sing bass. Daddy will sing bass. So that's a good weird one. I don't know. I love the whole album. There's not a song I will skip on that that album. And uh, I've got it on CD and vinyl, and it's a good listen on vinyl because you really get to see that you flip it over and you're like, she's an angel, pop, gem, one of the greatest songs. And then what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Just like one right after another. So the lyrics are about, you know, co-worker, job he quit. I don't know if he quit because of Chesapeake's face. 
Um, and then the last, the end of the song just repeats the first verse. So there's not a whole lot to go on. But that's kind of what they liked doing back in the day. It's mysterious. Yeah, and this, the song's only a minute and 21 seconds, so... You know, they want to keep you guessing, which is essentially what they did until this tweet, which was in... 2007, 2017, right? 2017. 2017. 2017. Pretty recent. Yeah. So they, they kept you waiting for... Uh, to, Wait, 30 years. Yeah. Crazy. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I guess moving past lyrics, let's talk a little bit more about the instrumentals because we, uh, and we could even play, you know, before we do the live ones and the cover ones, like this guy that tried to recreate it on that same Casio. And I was looking at this guy's YouTube, the, the info on it. Uh, let's see. And I sent you a vintage synth explorer, which like when I was shopping for that Juno 60, mm-hmm. like deciding, I'm like, I was in college. I'm like, I can't afford a Moog. I mm-hmm. really can't afford them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got this for 300. It's currently going for like 1500. I'm like, holy mm. shit. Like it's a good investment. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, I need to fix the, the digital, what's ever wrong with the sound bank, you know, not just going to chuck it and buy another one. So let's see. It's called the. Casio CZ-101, CZ-101, um, the user rating, five stars, the mm. Vintage Synth Explorer rating, five stars, uh, so it's the P-sized version of the CZ-1000, and this is stuff that my listeners like, is the, the dorkiest stuff, so let's go over this, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a digital synth, although the programming is somewhat limited, there are plenty of analog-like traits and sounds to interest most anybody. Has a good eight-stage envelope design and uses phase distortion synthesis, which gives it some pretty great sounds. Similar to the Yamaha DX synthesizers, which are very coveted, uh, what do you call it, FM synthesis type synths, you know, mm-hmm. different than normal analog synths, but they're much more affordable. I got to play around in one of those Yamaha DX, and they're awesome. But these days, like ever since synthesizers got cool again in the, I don't know, mid-aughts, 2010s, they skyrocketed in price. Um, so let's see. It's very mid eighties and, uh, eight note polyphony. You can only play eight notes at a time. It's probably like my Juno where if you happen to hit a ninth note, the first key you pressed would just disappear. Hmm. Uh, sine, saw, square, pulse, resonance, double sign and saw pulse, uh, oscillation stuff. Yeah. So 49 note mini keyboard. No velocity or aftertouch, so you can't play it harder or softer. It's just the volume that it's at. That's right. And 16, 16 preset sounds, 16 user sounds, so I guess you can design your own sounds and program them, and then 16 more via external cartridge. So it's probably a, a data cassette or something, which is like my Juno has. Yeah, that's right. It has a little thing you can plug in. Yeah. Yeah, this thing looks really cool. Make no mistake, the CZ-101 is no toy, although it could be considered a very entry-level. This sounds like a cool little thing, man. So the CZ-1000 is a full-size version, so I guess 88 key. Mm-hmm. L- later models, the CZ-3000 and CZ-5000, these sound like hip-hop like MC names. Wasn't he an outcast, CZ-5000? <laughs> <laughs> CZ-3000, yeah, Andre-3000. Uh, it sounds pretty awesome. So there's this YouTube video. Let's play that one. This guy, what's the YouTube channel? Um, 
And the video, so it's just an instrumental. So listening to it, it's going to sound pretty much like the Giants one because the guy did a good job. But uh, mm-hmm. if you re- if you really know the song, people will will notice some differences. But this guy did a good job. It's a uh, uh, Pia Hicks or something. The YouTube channel is P E A H I X. And uh, yeah, if you search chess piece face Casio, you'd probably find it. I was messing around with my CZ101 this evening and decided I'd go ahead and recreate chess piece face by TMBG because it was done entirely with three of the Casio's preset sounds. Violin, crispy xylophone, and elect organ. So electric organ. So the, the little screen, the little like, you'd call that an LCD screen, right? Oh, sure. So elect organ, you know, could only show so many characters. The trickiest thing was getting the sliding portamento violin parts, so basically I just approximated that. I really couldn't justify spending too much time on this thing, but hey, if you need a karaoke track, this will do the job. So if anyone wants to do, maybe you and I should uh, sing over top of it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So I'm going to drop in a clip of that, and it's pretty cool because the the video shows like when a different instrument comes in, you'll see it says at the beginning preset number three violin, and then you'll see it change to crispy xylophone. Well, that sounds pretty good. Sounds like a tornado siren. But you hear how it has the down sweep and the up sweep at the same time? Yeah. Crispy xylophone was number 11 on the presets. These are good things to know. (laughs) Here's the electric organ, number six. They're just <laughs> bling, blong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a simple song, but like, this is the kind of thing where, you know, and, and you can find out like on their, their Tumblr, like their blog, they've listed like every drum machine that they've used and like what albums it got used on. So like nerds like me love that stuff. Yeah. I don't spend money buying those drum machines, but there are people I know, like this dude, Mike Buffington, who's like a total gearhead. Like he's, he's a musician, but he probably consider himself more of a gearhead than like an actual performer. Mm-hmm. Um, like I asked him to play theremin on something and he's like, I mostly just like repair them and like know the circuitry and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's uh-huh. cool. Uh, but he has a bunch of these drum machines and he was on a, a an episode and like, queued up the mini Moog sound on his mini Moog and like played it on the episode and has the drum machine they used back then. And like basically did what this guy does with uh, this song Sifton, which is off a, a very obscure instrumental song on an EP from the Apollo 18 era. You know, what, it's on the uh, iPal- it's, it's on the iPal and drum IP. Uh, what drum machine did they use on this record? The first one. Oh, let me double check. Okay. Yeah, someone asked, like, they will answer questions. I'm sure they get a ton submitted. So they answered this one in 2014. Let's see. So the earliest Micro Moog synthesizer tracked up, they used the boss, uh, Dr. B, what was that called? Come on. Dr. Rhythm. Damn it. Dr. Rhythm. I had one yep. of those. Yeah, I, I never owned one, but I knew a bunch of people that did. I think my, my high school band director had one and be like, 
Our tempo's way off. Let's click, 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 click. What drum machines did you guys use? Okay. So, yeah, the Dr. Rhythm and its original issue. Uh, then they had a DMX on loan from Chris Butler of The Waitresses. Then on the Pink album, they used the Yamaha RX-15. Oh, okay, on Lincoln, sure. Mm-hmm, on Lincoln, they used the Alesis HR-16. On Flood, Apollo 18, and some later stuff, they used the Casio FC-1 sampler. And then uh, the Roland R8 on Apollo 18 and beyond. Huh. That's the full the full answer. Yeah. I think I had some of those. Yeah. I got rid of I them. I bet but... you did. Yeah. You got rid of them. I thought you said you did. <laughs> I get rid of some stuff, but uh, yeah, drum, sure. I didn't hang on to the drum machines, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you were. I mean, you guys, do you have drum machine on any Nerf Herder songs? I feel like it's a, maybe makes an appearance on n- something. No, I don't think so. I Not think they're all. Song. I think Steve plays on everything. Right. We don't want to put him out of business. Right. I thought maybe there was an intro on something that had... No. Yeah. I can't think of anything. It's funny. Sometimes I'll ask musicians that I've had on, I'll ask them about something that happened 25 years ago. They'll be like, I don't know. I'm like, I think I know. You don't know? (laughs) It's really... Forget that stuff. Yeah. Or you 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 remember it wrong. It, It is funny. I do feel like that guy in The Simpsons with the shirt that says genius at work, where it's like, well, why did, uh, you know... The, if if Itchy played Scratchy's Bones like a xylophone, why did that one rib make two notes? Two to two <laughs> notes. I hope, so, I hope someone got fired for that error. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a total dork like that. Like, if I ever do talk to the Johns, I'll be like, hey, John Leno, what, what accordion did you play on this song? I'll be like, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> like, well, you, don't, you don't remember? I, this is important information. Uh, so, uh, yeah, back to the chess piece phase. So this, we talked about all this tech they use. So this Casio CZ 101, this guy, this YouTube guy, uh, Pia Hicks, uh, go and find that if you want to see the little, uh, screen, uh, change the sounds and all that. It's pretty cool to look at. I guess the other thing was like the, if you look at the guitar, uh, tab or the guitar chords on the wiki, Uh um, the song is... A flan song, which tend to skew a little more like playable. Have you ever covered a They Might Be Giants song, by the way? No. Yeah, so if you attempt to cover a John Linnell song, chances are it's going to be fucking tricky. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's written by keyboardists. Yeah. A lot of different chords. Yeah. Moving root notes, stuff like that. Um, yeah, or like, yeah, you got A minors and A's, you got B minors and B's, you got a B flat, you know, like all this crazy stuff. Flanses are more guitar friendly, so it's in the key of, uh, well, it says A flat minor, but then it has, it says A minor as the first chord. I don't know. The wiki is usually pretty good because people will go in and fix stuff that's yeah. wrong, which, yeah, which seems, I've done. Seems very uh, well thought out. Yeah. So it looks like it's an A minor, but I haven't played along with it. Uh, so A minor, E a minor e which is weird so you think it'd be a minor e minor then you got then it goes to well then you got a oh these are bass notes okay then someone like wrote out like the bass because it's a dun 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 they just wrote out like the bass notes but it's pretty much just a minor and e so it's a very very simple song which is cool very short and simple and it's just I can kind of picture on this first album just the two Johns by themselves 
not knowing that they're eventually going to be on Electra, not uh-huh. knowing that they're going to have a lifelong career, just like making these songs for themselves. Like this yeah. song just sounds like a song that was made for them, you know? And I love that. It's a great song. Express live versions. Now, if you watch them already, we can very quickly go through these. Did you watch any of the live I, ones? I didn't. Click on the London 1990 just to see Flans wearing a Ramones shirt. <laughs> oh, I'm going to see that. Let's see. Yeah. London 1990. Yep. Uploaded by my friend Astral B, who is in London. He was not at the show. This would have been the time to see them. Let's see. Oh, my God. It's just the two of them. Linnell played the entire set on accordion. No matter what song it was, everything was accordion. Oh, this is great. And Oh, it's fucking fantastic. So now we're hearing Chess Piece Face with accordion instead of keyboard. This next song uh, is called Chess Piece Face. I wish I had seen. I wish I had seen them on this tour. I only saw them oh once. God. Yeah, what year? It was '94, and it was at UCSB so, uh, at this thing called Extravaganza. The Muffs played too, and I love the Muffs. It was a oh, huge, it was a great show. But um, I've talked to both uh, um, both Tony Maimonet from uh, Per Ubu, who was in the band at the time. He was on the Snail Shell episode, and I talked to Brian Doherty, the drummer. He was on the Bells Are Ringing episode. So uh-huh. was the show good? Was it good? Uh, you know, it was weird because it was this outdoor thing, and uh, it, it's funny. It was. It seemed like um, sort of subdued because I had heard about them playing like this, like the shot, the the clip we watched from London, and it was just like, oh, crazy mania with the accordion and and stuff. And it was like a little. I it was like a full band, and uh-huh. I kind of wish it was just the two of them. Because there was like a lot of time given to the other guys in the band, who I'm sure were great, but it, it was weird because it's sure. an outdoor thing at a at a college, so there's just people milling around okay. and and stuff. I would say it wasn't the ideal time place to see them. I would highly recommend that you see them again if you have a chance, because that was just them finding their footing with with a full band, you know. Yeah, I think and it right was now for like a first time with a full band touring or something yeah. like that. Maybe. Yeah. They toured Apollo 18 with a live drummer who was a different guy. And um, yeah, but then John Henry, that was the album first full band. So let's yeah. watch from 1994, speaking of with which they put out a promotional CD to promote John Henry, but did a lot of songs on a soundstage at Sony Studios. Uh-huh. Uh, that next one, it's with horns. Give that a click through just to give oh, me your wow. thoughts let's on see that. that. We'll go express. Yeah, it's not a video, it's just audio, but it sounds great. Here's a song off our, uh, our brand new first album, and it's called Chespie's Face. Woo! 
Now what's gonna happen to Chess Pink's face? There go I, but for my face All I know could be defaced By the facts in the life of Chess Pink's face I don't know Saxophones. Oh yeah or if I like this or if little schemes like this one ever cross his trail But I don't believe he's dreaming Or if he cares to know So I'm shuddering my lampshade What's gonna happen to chess piece face? There go I, but for my face All I know could be by the hats in the lap of chess, peace, face, chess, peace, face, chess, peace, face, all hail chess, peace, face. That's my favorite version. That's great. They ne- they never rest on their laurels. They're like, no. we're gonna do this different this time. Then in 2013, they released a free download album. I don't know, you had to give your email to this website to get it. Uh, just called First Album Live, and it was on their 2013 tour. Um, and I sent you a link, but I also sent you that MP3 Yeah, there. I listened to it. Yeah, it sounded great. What's gonna happen to Chesapeake's face? There go I, but for my face. All I know could be defaced by the facts in the life of Chesapeake's Face. I don't know where he lives Or if he knows to sail Or if little schemes like this one ever cross his trail But I don't believe he's dreaming Or if he cares to know So I shudder in my lampshade What's so I'd highly recommend seeing them because they are fully gelled now with these other three guys. I got to see them again. So the covers section, we only got two. Spider Caravan. Uh-huh. You want to check that out? Let's hear it. Spider Caravan. Yeah, give that a click. They got some cool art on the uh, the, the YouTube there. It's just a stationary image. Spider Caravan is the name of the YouTube channel. What's gonna happen to Chesapeake's face? There go I, but for my face All I know could be defaced By the facts in the life of Chesapeake's face I don't know where he lives Or if he knows to sail Or if little schemes like this one Ever cross his trail And I don't believe he's dreaming But I shudder in my lampshade So what's gonna happen to Chesby's face? There go Yeah, they almost treat it like it would be in some weird horror B-movie. Yeah, or a musical or something. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's good. Almost more like orchestral, but like synth orchestral? I don't know. It's, Let's hear this cool. other one. Puppethead.bandcamp.com Puppethead. Yeah, this is a Bandcamp. Puppethead. Which is inappropriate 
yeah. TMBG cover name. And it's like MIDI piano. And make sure you get past the first verse because there's this crazy rip that the guy does on the piano. He's shredding. Yeah. Though it feels like it's programmed in or like quantized or something. Yeah. <laughs> Still cool. Still cool. So that brings us to uh, the final segment where you must score this song. I don't think I told you that. You got to oh, score, score this song. It? So what What that means, you're scoring it against uh, the TMBG canon that you are familiar with. So sure. what's a 10? You know, is uh, Don't Let's Start a 10? Is uh, She's an Angel a 10? I would say she's an angel is, t- is a ten. Don't let starts a ten. Put your hand in the puppet heads a ten. Uh, where the replacements is a ten. Oh, okay, and then, so then, then like uh, of course the the hits. But I I really that first record right. is really the one I know the best. Sure, sure, sure. So then chess piece face. You may use decimals. Where from zero to ten would chess piece face fall for you? I'd give it a seven point two. Yeah, sure. Now, on the wiki, uh, you can't... Let me real click click over and see. You can score stuff on the wiki. There's uh-huh. no decibels, but just like 1 to 10. Uh-huh. And this one is rated really low. Unfairly low, I feel. Out of 910 songs, it's ranked 717. Come on, people. Wow. That's That's low. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Bring it up, people. Yeah, go on there and mash that, that 10. Yeah, Justice for Chesapeake's face. Though, uh, though... Uh, I am going to have to score it. Um, I sco- I eventually will score every single song, I suppose. Uh-huh. I always joke that my, my daughter is going to have to take over after I die because there's so many songs. Um, uh-huh. When she's grown up and I'm still doing this, you know, 16 years later, uh, I'm going to give it. I've given out very few tens, but She's an Angel was one of them. I think Chesapeake's Face I love within the context of the album. Like, it's not one I'd put on a, a, a playlist for, like, a beginner, like, a starter fan. I wouldn't be like, check out them, it'd be giant. Sure, and sure. then p- put that at the top of the playlist. They'd be like, uh, no thanks. So I think I'm going to give it, uh, I like it. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go oh. seven. Yeah, that's good. That's in the zone. Yeah, yeah. It's in the zone. So, you, uh, uh, plugs for you. This Weird Al, Dr. Demento, Nerf Herder collab, you got a drop date on that? Uh, no, we're trying to figure it out. We need to figure out a B side, but we'll probably just press oh. it on a, like a 12 inch single uh, vinyl. Fuck yeah! And then uh, we have a like a new record. We've got a lot of songs for, so we're gonna do that. <gasps> and then, uh, dude, and that's I'll it for, for punk news. Nerfurter, maybe we'll be playing somewhere. I don't know. But then, dude, uh, if you come uh, to the Midwest. I will book you show in Lafayette. I know it doesn't seem like a place that you would want to play, but we got a cool uh, weirdo people dive bar here. So that'd be oh, cool. That sounds good. Yeah. I don't know where, yeah. how much touring we're going to do because we're all super old, but we, uh, we, we did, <laughs> we do, it's tourings can be fun. So maybe we'll do some of that. Maybe we'll get yeah, there. Ju- ju- <laughs> just like you said on, uh, we opened for Weezer. Don't come in the winter. Don't come yeah, out this way in the winter. We would come in the most comfortable time. <laughs> That's what we would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, come in the spring, it's fine. And then for my period grip stuff, which is what I do for a living, and uh, my, my far more popular 
thing uh, is uh, I have a book coming out from HarperCollins. It's Raining Tacos. Oh. It's a kid's book. Oh, Comes out in June. Awesome. And then um, I did theme song so, wait, for the new like story. A, a kid's, st- uh, like a story for kids? Yeah, story for kids. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a picture awesome. book. Like, you know, there's kids eating tacos in it. That kind of book. Okay. Right? Well, so that I comes will out need in, to get that for my daughter. It's for very... Uh, how, how old's your daughter? Uh, she'll be three pretty soon. Oh, it's that's the perfect age for this book. Well, it's like... I think it's she, like... She loves uh, Dragon's Love Tacos. Have you have you read oh, sure. Dragon's Love Tacos? Yeah, I haven't yeah. read it, but so. there's a lot of taco books. But yeah. um, <laughs> So that's coming out. And then uh, I've been working on the Storybots, but I don't really do work for TV anymore. But there's a this show called the Story... Netflix thing called the story about so i've been doing a lot of songs for those guys but mainly just my own a couple other shows where people might have heard your stuff yeah i did uh like what what is on the disney if you have the disney app there's a bunch of stuff on there uh there's uh i have a song in phineas and ferb episode called backyard hodgepodge (laughs) and then i did a theme song for ben 10 omniverse um what else did i do a lot of uh, and then there's a Disney show that I won an Emmy for. I'm really proud of that. Um, called yeah. the Seven D, and that's not on Disney Plus yet, but it will be on there at some point. Oh, and yeah, then, that one's like a Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, it's like the Seven Dwarfs. And then uh, what else did I do? I can't remember. But there's there's I did a lot of TV stuff for a while. But I don't I don't really do that anymore, except for the story about stuff. Um, and that's then, super cool that your YouTube channel is making you enough that you don't have to like, cause I imagine right for TV is almost, it's like kind of like freelancing, right? You got to pitch your stuff and yeah, it's really, uh, it's just like kind of a grind and you do have to pitch and yeah. It, yeah and at a certain point, I mean, I, I kind of got to the point where I was getting a lot of work, but I actually, it's really Amazon and Alexa that has made, that's sort of where most of my income is from is because that enabled kids to like a five-year-old kid to say, Hey, play pancake robot a hundred times in a row. So that uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of changed it for me. So I, I just do that stuff uh, now. But, so um, people can find you. Uh, do you have like perrygrip.com or anything like that? Where I, I do. Yeah. You yeah. can go there and everything's not on there. I, I you just, there's too much dumb stuff. I wouldn't search for me at all. Don't, don't bother. But, um, the oh, uh, so P A R R Y G R I P P. Yeah, that's it. But but yes. anyway, that's just a lot of nonsense. But but Greg, I, <laughs> that's all I have to say. But I want to yeah. say thank you for having me on here, and it's really fun for me to think about this this song and this first "They Might Be Giants" record that was so important to me when it came out. And so uh, I want to thank you for having me on here, and uh, thank thanks for, you for all being the on. kindness you've given to Nerf Herder over the years. We really appreciate all your help and your interview or stuff and articles and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm not just you. blowing smoke. Like we listen, me and my friends listen to you guys a ton. We used to cover. Oh, we cover golf shirt where and uh, down in Haley where I would play guitar before I knew how to play guitar. I'd go and drop D and play golf shirt and drop D while our guitars played drums poorly. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty simple music, so it's good for uh, people that don't know how to do it. You know, I do like Green Day, Green Day Brain Stew, Face to Face, Disconnected, and Golf Shirt, and that was my little mini set just for fucking around. That's a good, a good set. company to be in. That's great. <laughs> yeah, man. So thanks again for doing this charity episode. I really appreciate it, and I sure. hope you know everyone who has paid to download this, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm cracking seven grand for uh, uh, the Kiefer family. Garrett Kiefer is his name. So I appreciate it. They appreciate it. And uh, Perry, I appreciate you being on. 
Greg, thank you so much. And have a good, I'm going to send you a Squires record. So uh, I think you're, oh, so yes. send, make sure I have you, give, please send me your address again. And I'll send it to you. I'll email you. Yes. All right, man. Have a good rest of your Saturday. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. There go I, but for my face, all I know could be defaced by the facts in the life of chess piece face. Chess piece face. Chess piece face. Chess piece face.